Gail and, and Pearl Ann, and I think of that as, as I'm settling in, I'm kind of figuring out how this works for me, and one of the pieces that I've enjoyed about, I, I don't enjoy not singing, but not singing and figuring out how to enjoy that has been actually just praying through the words of the songs. It's something I've done at points over the years of like, everyone's singing around me and I'll stop singing and I'll actually just kind of pray the words and pray around the words and whatnot. Does that kind of make sense what I'm, what I'm describing? So I've kind of been doing that a little bit more and I found that to be really helpful, not even necessarily repeating word for word what the team's saying, but just kind of, yeah, praying around the words that are, that are being sung. So anyway, that's just one piece that's been helpful for me. And, and just to clarify that, you know, there have been a few questions in terms of why, why aren't we singing? And uh, the understanding is that with singing, that there's more force and that it projects uh, drops even further than if we simply talk. So hence, hence the desire we want to make sure that we are uh, staying safe. And as we see cases rise around us in the last week, we want to stay on top of things. And uh, so, yeah, humming and you know, we're, we're speaking, recited responsive prayers, but the idea with saying that projects them, that it can even escape it beyond the mask. So that's kind of the, the thinking and the reasoning behind that. All right, this morning we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 33, but to start out, we've got a jar of water that I'd like you to take a look at here. Skip to our, our next slide, we've got a, a jar of water. That there is a dirty jar of water, full of, uh, full of river water, a lot of things floating around in it. It actually reminds me of the lake. After the lake, uh, after a storm, oftentimes you go down to the down to the lake the next morning, and it's full of sand and it's full of particles, all just kind of floating around, and it's it's muddy. And then over time, if you go back, whether that jar, if you let that sit for a period of time, and you come back, and you will have clear water at the top. So we'll skip to the next slide, and you can see that the sediment has settled to the bottom. You can see through the water in the top half. If you head down to the lake after a, you know several days after that storm, the water is much clearer. Now it's not not perfectly clear in, in Lake Huron that you can see right right through. It's not quite the same as Lake Superior in that way, but it's not bad. It's much clearer than it was if you give it that time, if you give it that space to settle. And I share this with you as actually sort of a metaphor for our lives in the midst of chaos, in the midst of just daily life, the daily grind, whether it's pre-COVID or during COVID, but it, it's, it's chaotic. And we can't see through clearly because all of the things that are floating around and all the things that are going on, and actually maybe what we need most is just to sit and to settle, to be peaceful, to be quiet, to be with God, in order to allow the circumstances of our lives to settle so that we can see clearly, so that we can hear God clearly. So perhaps it's a helpful metaphor for you to imagine your life like a jar of muddy water and creating that time and that space for things to settle so that you can see and hear God clearly rather than always scattering about and shaking that jar up. I know, I know which kind of jar I tend to be. I'm the one that's whether it's doing or thinking or worrying or whatever, and that jar is just shooken all up and I can't even see and hear God because I'm too busy, all scattered. What does it look like to settle, to create that space? We need the presence of God in our lives. And oftentimes we avoid that. We avoid what we need most because we've got so many things that we want to think and so many things that we want to do. Moses is someone who knew 
that we needed the presence of God. And I invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 33, whether you've got it on your, on your phones or in your, in your Bibles here, turn to Exodus 33. got uh, no excuse to not have a Bible with you. Those who are old enough and don't have phones, they bring their Bibles with them always anyways. And those who are, who are younger, you, you've got a phone and you can pull it up and lickety split there. So uh, we can all turn to Exodus chapter 33. We're going to start at verse 12. Exodus 33 verse 12. And Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will, do every, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. And Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see my face and live. And then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Moses would have appeared to have known what he needed in this text. We would look at him and we think, he's, got, he's good to go. He's got everything that he needs to thrive and to be successful. He had the information that he needed. God had just given him the Ten Commandments in a pretty, pretty grand event. All of the, you shall, you shall, you shall not. Wonderful instructions for life. God gave instructions immediately after about how to worship in the tabernacle, how to, how to understand property in the nation of Israel, how to treat servants, all of, these, all of these directives, these laws. Moses had the information that he needed to help Israel form into the society they needed to become. They've been set free by God from Pharaoh, from tyranny in Egypt. They've been directed, this is how you live your life, controlled under the thumb of the Pharaoh, and now they're free. How do we live together? And God gave them the law to direct their lives. They had what they needed. They also had the mission. So they had the information and they had the mission. Moses knew what God had called him to. He knew the promise that God had given Abraham. I will give you this land, the land of Canaan to be their new home where they would thrive and they would prosper. God affirmed this promise just a few chapters earlier, Exodus 24, to Moses. He knew exactly what they needed to do. To stay true to God only and to walk into that land, to take a hold of it so it would be their home, and they would survive. Moses, the great leader of Israel, would appear to have had everything that he needed, the information and the mission from God. 
we look at him and we say, well, he was all set. And that's often how we operate as God's people. We have the information. We do Bible studies. We listen to sermons. We listen to podcasts. We do our daily devotionals or our scripture reading plans. We have the information. And we have the mission. We talk a lot about God's call to extend the kingdom of Jesus to those around us. I know that many of you um, have your three people that you're committed to praying that they would meet Jesus in a personal way. We ask that question, who's your three? You've got those people. We've got folks that volunteer in a whole variety of places, whether it's serving within the church, serving beyond the church, loving your neighbor, making cookies for your neighbor, giving a phone call to your neighbor. We understand the mission that God has called us to. And part of that as well in this time, it should be always, but it's also conversations about race and reconciliation. We have the mission in the kingdom of God that he's calling us to live into. We have the information. We have the mission. Just like Moses did. But Moses knew that he was missing something. The most crucial thing. And he would not leave the mountain where he met God, Mount Sinai, without it. What was it that Moses needed? I was going to say shout out. Say it softly. Yeah, God's presence. He knew he needed God's presence to be faithful, to thrive going forward. So Moses says to the Lord, he says, you've been telling me to lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. We'll skip to the verse slides here. Skip to the next slide. next one. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. But Moses, send us from here. He refused to go unless God was with him. He said, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And following this, God repeats his promise to be present with them. So I'm struck by this, that God, having all the information and having the mission, refused to proceed further without God's presence. We're not like that. Most of us, I'm not. We're happy to proceed with the information and the mission without God's presence. It seems normal to us. We'll be fine. We can figure it out. We've got the strength to do it. And to all of a sudden, we don't. We break and we struggle. My heart is that I would, that we would have that pressing desire that Moses had, that we would look to God and we would say, I refuse to proceed from this point without your presence. We're like that jar of muddy river water. Chaos. And we can't see and hear clearly until we sit and we ask God for his presence. So what does it mean to have God's presence? We talk about God being present everywhere. The psalmist says, where can I flee from your presence? There's nowhere we can go without God. And we talk around the, around the, the supper table sometimes. We have our little devotion time with the kids. And there's been a couple times where the topic has come up about God being omnipresent. That's the fancy word. God's present everywhere. And Louis likes to say, 
God is even in between my teeth. Like, you're not wrong. <laughs> when we talk about God being ever, I suppose you're right. He's even between your teeth. And he's behind your ears. And he's in the next room. And he's in Toronto with Uncle Dwight. And so on and so forth. God is everywhere. He's in Thailand with Jill. So we have the sense that God is present everywhere. And yet in the scriptures, we see this idea that God is particularly present as well. He arrives he brings his presence in special ways at special times. And we feel that presence at points. We hear his voice. We have that comforting touch, that convicting urge from God being filled with his power. But too often, we rush about with our information, our teaching, and our mission of what God's calling us to, but without sensing God's presence. And in the long run, it doesn't get us too far. We stick with the parts we can control. I can control the information and what I do. I can't control God's presence. That's why it's, it's harder. That's why we kind of push it away and we're fools for it. So how do we see God's presence? Well, Moses, he offers a first step is to ask God. Make it your habit to ask God for his presence and to say... I'm not going to proceed further until I know that you're with me, until I know that you're leading me, until I know that you're empowering me. Be like that persistent widow. Ask and ask and ask. Last uh, fall, I was in some teaching on spiritual warfare, and they stressed the reality that oftentimes there are spiritual barriers that require us to ask and to ask and to ask like a persistent widow. I don't understand all that. I don't know exactly why that's the case. But they talked about the need to be Persistent. Jesus tells us, tells us we'll need to be persistent. But how often do I create that space? This is something that my spiritual director, a person I meet with once a month, uh, we do it online. She's from Hamilton Direction. But she's she helps me tend to, asks questions to God. me, sort of like a mentor, but to kind of ask how am I experiencing God in my life? And she's pushing me quite a bit on this. Back in the spring, I made a habit of every every lunch break, instead of just sitting, eating my lunch, sitting on my computer and checking the sports and news, she said, you know what, go for a walk, take half hour, let the stuff you're getting stressed out about fall from your, yourself, and listen to God. And so I started doing that, and I, I don't know, I got busy. <laughs> Did it for several weeks, and I hadn't been doing it. As I was preparing the sermon, I was like, I gotta get back to that. Creating that space for God to be with you. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it is doing that on your lunch break. Maybe it is... Um, you know what? Saturday morning, I gotta, I gotta build something. I'm building a pen in the back of the yard for another pig. Like I got all this work that I gotta do, and I gotta get this done because winter's coming. Is that as important as I know that going for walks and listening to God is actually really refreshing for my soul? And I receive God's presence when I do that. So is getting this building project more done more important than taking that hour or so to go for a Go for a walk down the beach or a walk in the forest or whatever. Maybe it's turning on that worship music for a little bit. Maybe it's sitting on your back deck with a coffee and deliberately saying, God, I'm here. What do you have to say to me? There's all kinds of different ways. I know that most of us have experienced God in power and unique ways at different points in life. I know that you have. And I know that God doesn't show up all the time and special. You know, the biblical characters didn't have mountaintops all the time. And neither do we. But that doesn't mean we just wait for the next time in eight years from now. It doesn't mean we don't press into the presence of God and say, I need you to be with me. And so I want you to remember those pieces. I want you to press in and say, God, I want to feel you in those ways again. I want to feel you in those ways this week. This is what we need to perceive. 
the presence of God. We've got the information down, we've got the mission down, more or less. But what we need to perceive is the presence of God. And so I simply want to ask you, how is God inviting you this week? To create that space. To still the water so you can see Him and hear your voice and experience God's presence. This is what we need. God's presence is what we need to proceed. I'm going to finish off just with a, a moment of prayer here. Thanks so much for being here with us. It's good to be with you all. We'll skip to the, uh, the offering slide. I want to remind you of the ways that we, uh, that we give. We're going to keep, I know most folks are in the flow of giving, but I'm, we're going to keep mentioning every week. Because Jim told me actually the weeks when we'd be on Zoom worshiping, the weeks where we'd mentioned giving, um, it would be higher than the weeks where we just kind of forgot it would actually be lower. <laughs> so we're going to keep, keep just reminding everybody. So we'll skip to the offering slide there um all your your digital giving options and then if, if you'd like to give cash or check their plates at the back a reminder if you're if you're new or if you're watching online pay to the folks that are streaming if we, we don't want money from you it's only if you're a regular part of our church family and committed to the uh, the mission and ministry of kzmc so i want to draw that to your attention and then just a couple reminders as we head out as well wait in your pew for an usher to arrive and to show you and then we ask that you exit out in a fairly orderly fashion Sanitize your hands on the way, remove your mask once you're inside the door, and then uh, feel free to kind of chit-chat in the parking lot with folks and, and connect, but just make sure you're keeping your physical distancing there as well. I think, that's, I think that's everything. Let's take a few moments just to pray here yet as well. God, we are, we're asking you together for your presence. We're pleading with you. We need you to come to be with us. We've bought into the lie. I've bought into the lie that I can just go about and do things myself and be fine. And we know, God, we know deep down in our hearts that that only gets us so far. So we ask that you would come. We ask that you would place that burden on us to be with you, to hear from you, to be healed by you, to be filled with power by you. Pour yourself out, God, we pray. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Today we pray for Mary Ginger. We pray that you bless her with her 80th birthday this week. We pray for Marlene Ginger because she had her fall this week. Thank you that she is doing relatively well compared to the significance of the fall. We pray that you continue to give her healing. God, all of us come into this space this morning with people on our hearts. And we live each one up to you. We pray that you do the, your will in their lives that you would bring healing, that you would bring hope, that you would turn hearts toward you. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth, and you know every single hair on our heads, and that's a remarkable truth, and so we honor you today. There's no one like you. Thank you for the gift of being here together in this space. We surrender our lives to you and to your presence. And we pray all of this in the name of the Father and the Son. Amen.